0: Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study. Uh, Now it's actually October 14th, 2010. I say that because it's about 12.33 and it's the 14th. I I was away this weekend and when I'm away, even for a couple days, I get so buried in emails, in inquiries, in, in these types of things that it takes me a long time to get to a point where I can even... Get back on track so I'm having to do the study very late and to try to catch up. So, and that's why I encourage if, if you're going to email me, please try to keep the emails, inquiries to a, uh, uh, in some type of succinct way because I'm getting so many inquiries right now that it's almost to the point where it's hard for me to answer them anymore. I, I just, I'm only one person, I can only do so much. And a lot of people, times people want to enter into these gigantic debates about these gigantic subjects and I just can't do it nothing against the person and you know in all humility I just don't have the kind of time I used to have when I first had the ministry and honestly I don't know if there's another ministry out there where it's a one-man show kind of like I'm doing and I'm not saying that I'm not giving credit to those people that have helped me like with my website designer and these types of things. But I'm talking week to week, answering emails, putting up studies, things like that. There's very few ministries out there where you're actually going to be able to get a um, a lot of responses from the direct source of the person putting out or, or in charge of that particular ministry. And a lot of times these ministries have a lot of um, uh, people at different levels helping them um, with... Whatever. Answering emails. I don't have any of that. So, it's just... It's, it's a lot. It's its its a ton of stuff that I'm trying to deal with. I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for this ministry. Just want to kind of tell you that if you don't get a response back from me, potentially, please don't take it personally. I'm not trying to ignore you. Um, I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, I just there's just not enough hours in the day anymore. There's really not. And I do believe the night cometh when no man can work. I must work the work of him that sent me. The night cometh when no man can work, as Jesus Christ said. So I'm trying to get in as much stuff as I can. And, um, uh, you know, the Lord's helping me do that. So let's go further. I'm going to go, again, we're continuing our study on the video games, exposing them, particularly these these fantasy role-playing games. Uh, Colossians 3 one through seventeen. I'm just going to read the whole thing here. If ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your aff- affection on things above, and not on things on earth. Well, again, if you're playing these video games, you're not as, as setting your affection. Your affection is on that video game and what you're ever going to derive, whatever satisfaction you're trying to derive from it okay? It's the farthest thing from setting your things, you know, your affection on things above, you know. So let's go further. Uh, Third verse. For you're dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. The Bible also goes on to say, I think it's Galatians 2.20, where it says, you're dead, and your life is hidden with Christ, okay? So it says, for you're dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear Then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. And again, these video games would definitely be considered idolatry, I believe, in God's eyes. For which things sake sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. If you truly are a born-again Christian and you're doing this, the wrath of God is going to come upon you. He will chasten you. And if there's no chastening, that's even worse. Because that's basically saying, well, you're not even saved. Okay, Because of whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. A bastard is an illegitimate child. So you can call yourself a Christian all day long, but if there's no conviction of sin, if there's no chastening of God, I do not believe from a biblical standpoint you are saved. You are deceived. And they're also, also, if you're a Christian, you should be bearing fruit, right? You shall know them by their fruits. Okay? The fruit of the Spirit is love, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance. None of those things that I just mentioned are part of being addicted to some type of video game. None of them. Uh, Let's go forward here. Uh, Verse 6. For which sake the. The wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time. Okay, so at some time, we were pretty much all there, as far as children of disobedience, when ye lived in them. But now, ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, I mean, how can you, I know one of the things about these video games, you get killed, you get really angry about it. I mean, you're getting angry about something, it's totally stupid, really. It's some game, okay? You're angry. But, I mean, I've heard people literally with some of these games committing suicide because they got to a certain level and they died and they become angry. And I know that's happened with Dungeons & Dragons, which is that fantasy occult role-playing game, which would also fall into this. But people have actually killed themselves over this stuff. That's another thing. And then Wrath. Well, in the video game, is there, aren't you totally motivated by Wrath, particularly these ones where you're going around killing people? I mean, isn't that your motivation? Wrath? Malice? Well, what is malice? Like evil intentions toward another. Well, isn't that another thing that's absolutely prevalent in these video games? Evil intention. They're trying to kill you. You're trying to kill them. You have extreme malice and prejudice toward them. Blasphemy. Filthy communication out of your mouth. I know a lot of these video games, they they cuss. They say all manner of blasphemy toward the Lord Jesus Christ. They're unbelievably blasphemous. I've seen screenshots of some of these games where they're absolutely, totally, openly mocking Jesus Christ. Anything having to do with Christianity. We're going to look a little bit at that. So, there's no biblical justification for this. None. Not even in the slightest here. So, let's go further here. Uh, Why? Not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with the deeds... And having put on a new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Jew, neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. <laughs> Again, can you apply mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering? toward any attribute of these types of video games, particularly the ones we're talking about today? I don't think so. Everything that we're talking about with the video games is opposite of what the Bible says to do, essentially. okay, That right there is all the neat reason you should need to get rid of these things and never have anything to do with them ever again. Let's go further. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Okay, And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Okay, charity is actually the highest embodiment of the word love. It actually is in the uh, Noah Webster 1828. Um, we think of love just kind of like the traditional definition of love, but charity... Is actually the full embodiment of love, and if you want to understand that definition in totality, you can go up to and do a keyword search for Noah Webster 1828 online dictionary and look up the word charity. There's two different ver- two different Noah Webster's up on there. They're free. You can also buy it um, online as well, but you can see what that word charity actually means. And it also defines it more in the Bible. You know, charity suffereth long in these types of things, and and um, it's it's not like taking a bag of goods to Goodwill. That's not the kind of charity we're talking about here. So um, anyway, let's go further, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now again, that implies reading the word of God on a daily basis, really. Uh, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatsoever thing ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now Ken, can you imagine? Well, I'm going to dedicate this game where I'm killing all these monsters and demons and devils, or whatever I'm doing, whatever endeavor, um, I'm going to do this deed in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father and by him. Now, you can't do that. It doesn't work. Okay, The deeds need to be righteous in order to actually carry that out. So, again, just more of a critical look. Here. Okay, we're going to go to the next article here. We're going to just be hitting a lot of different little subjects. We're going we're to be going through some snippets here of different things. This was on Coast to Coast. This was the author Ryan Van Cleve, and I'm not advocating coast to coast or anything. I'm just saying this was a guy that George Nori interviewed. Ryan Van Cleve discussed the growing epidemic of video game addiction and shared his personal addiction and recovery story. He got hooked on the multiplayer online role game World of Warcraft, which attracts millions of users and has no set no sight in ending. The game is so popular that ten that a ten billion dollar cottage industry of gold farming has developed where players stockpile tools and game advantages and then sell them to other players who don't have the time to earn them. I guess they go on the game and stockpile certain things you can get on the game and then they actually have some way of selling them to other people that play World of Warcraft and maybe they make a living this way. And it's all a total lie and fantasy. At the height of his Warcraft addiction, Van Cleve was playing up to 50 hours a week, stealing time from his friendships, family, and teaching, and a teaching job, which he lost. It's just like being on crack or crystal meth or some type of drug, it seems like. It really is. It's that bad. Okay, let's go further here. Um... This is called Immortal Night Description, Who Are You, Vampire or Werewolf? Now, this is an actual description of a video game somebody sent me a screenshot of called Immortal Night. Now, a lot of these, these screenshots, I'm not going to even direct you to them. I'm not going to have a link to them because they're not even appropriate. You know, I had like half-naked women on there, some kind of devil, demon, incubus, succubus type of, you know garbage going on with these devils and demons, and I mean, they're not even appropriate to look at. I mean, the Bible says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Well, <laughs> that's another thing. I don't see how you can even possibly play these games and not be setting wicked things before your eyes constantly. Um, the eyes are the windows to the soul, you know, and, and, and it's very important that what you're setting before your eyes isn't wicked and corrupt. So let's go further. The world of Immortal Night awakens your true self. This is a game description. A world shrouded in darkness. Again, they're immersed in darkness. Very common theme. Where the supernatural reigns and the mist and mysticism are seeped into every move. So they're basically saying it's, it's basically, you know, like witchcraft, immersing yourself in witchcraft. Play the game of a life transformed by blood and venom. Where silver and holy water are weapons of mass destruction. Holy water. Right. Yeah, I see a lot of Bible for holy water. What a bunch of stinking garbage that is. The whole concept of holy water. I've done a whole te- I've done a whole section on that in one of my teachings on Catholicism. But there's no Bible for holy water. Okay, it's an absolute total Catholic creation. But anyway, where silver and holy water are the metal the weapons of mass destruction. I believe they say uh silver because of the whole silver bullets killing werewolves. You know? Anyway, where demons thrive and the things of nightmares creep around every corner. Vampires and werewolves, allies or enemies. So in other words, I guess there's good and bad werewolves and vampires. You decide as you evade human hunters while traveling around the globe, feasting, prowling, and battling rival houses for territory. So I guess you're either a vampire or a werewolf. Yeah, it sounds real, real Christian to be doing this. You know, You're actually one of these high-level demonic... Uh, infested creatures. And that's what you actually are. Um, become of the one of the privileged. Establish your house as dominant. Now this is a very common theme that I've seen in these games where it's all about you building your own little empire in the game. This fantasy world where you are as a god. Which is the big lie that Satan told Eve in the Garden of Eden. Ye shall be as gods. Okay, That was the big carrot he put out in front of her to eat, you know, the tree of the knowledge of the good or, or good and evil. So, it's a it's a common theme. Satan always brings back up and brings back up. And with these games, it's so ideal because he can immerse you in this little fantasy world where you are literally your own god. Now, again, it's the very common theme of the age of Aquarius that we keep talking about. This coming new world order, where we're going to be going out of the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, where they. The New Agers say, Maitreya and the Ascended Masters will dominate, and we're going to take our next evolutionary step, and we're going to actually become as gods. So, this is also preparing us for that as well. So, you can establish your house as dominant. You can consult the tarot, or the tarot cards. Okay? Tarot is, I believe, the proper pronunciation of them. So, again... Tarot cards, tarot cards, I mean, you know, this is pure witchcraft, pure divination, which the Bible condemns. I mean, if you did this type of stuff in the Old Testament, and they found you, you were considered a witch, and it was a death sentence. They killed you, okay? Uh, Then it says, throw the bones. Now, I believe they're in reference to, there's some type of divination where you actually throw bones. You've heard of people that are into, like, voodoo and Santeria throwing chicken bones and seeing which way they land, and they can tell whatever's gonna... It's garbage, you know? And then it says, collect mythical objects to aid in your mischief. (laughs) Grow your fangs and secure your seat on the council as you claw your way through the ranks to get to ancient and to take supreme power. That's the description for one game. If that doesn't sound evil, I don't know what does. We're supposed to flee all appearance of evil. Here's another one. Violence in video games and the Baghdad Massacre. Now, I'm going to go ahead and play this. This is about almost a seven-minute clip. Um, I'm going to read you the caption, then I'll play this. Violence in video games clip above was produced to demonstrate the close similarities between real-world violence and simulated violence, including in the video games. The video juxtaposition scenes captured in the real world and those that exist in the fantasy game world depicted in the Call of Duty series. Now, this is one of those soldier games. And the soldier games have been very much highly encouraged by the military of our country to get uh, young boys to get into the army and the marines, and so they have that whole bloodlust. They want to go out and kill, They want and they can go out and do it for their country, and it can be legitimized. Okay? So... Um, The video juxtapositions, scenes captured in the real world and those that exist in fantasy game world, depicted in the Call of Duty series, shooting dogs, beating children, and murdering innocent civilians are dwarfed by the amount of unmitigated evil uh, game developers have their heroes portray. The Call of Duty is currently the most popular first-person shooter video game series on the market, The game overshadows the popularity and sales of Grand Theft Auto. That's a good one, too. Grand Theft Auto. You're going out. You're stealing cars. You know, you're basically learning how to be a a criminal. And it's all glorifying it. So, it overshadows the popularity of Grand Theft Auto and Halo. Current versions of the game include torture of captured enemy combatants, burning prisoners alive with Molotov cocktails, shooting soldiers who surrender, and the terrorist slaughter of civilians at Russian airports. All that sounds really biblical, right, everybody? I mean, come on. What's not biblical about that? And then it goes on to say, for the less gung-ho and psychopathic, the latest version of Call of Duty allows players to opt out of the scene depicting the murder of innocent civilians. Oh, good. A kinder, gentler version. Thank you. Then it goes on to say, video games play an important role in training U.S. soldiers as they prepare for combat. Exactly what I just said. In the 2008, the Army, the Army, the Army, United States Army, invested Fifty million for the development of video games and a gaming system designed to trade soldiers for combat. With the new platform and games, Army programmers hope to offer more lifelike reproductions reproductions of battlefield scenarios, offering editable, edible, not edible, editable terrains, a greater capacity for multiplayer action, and larger battlefields. Writes the magazine, switched an AOL electronics website. The current version of Call for Duty was not available in 2007 when soldiers massacred a Reuters cameraman and other civilians in Baghdad. However, considering the way soldiers acted, you wouldn't know it. Okay, I just started watching that again and I realized it, it's really not it's not something I can play. You, it's something that you would, you would have to really watch to understand and I would caution you, if you do click on the link for that particular one um, it's pretty graphic, the video games, and they're actually showing you battlefield scenes as well, real ones, where they're showing people being killed, and it's pretty horrific. So I would caution you, if you're going to click on that, you know, just understand it's pretty graphic, and it's not really something that you want to show young children, and pray about it, you know, I'm not telling you you have to do this. I think hopefully we've made the point about this um, well enough, but Uh, Let's go to the next thing here. Now, here I'm going to read some emails from listeners, because, like I said, I've gotten so many inquiries about this uh, particular subject. This is from Carlos, and he said, Dr. Scott, I have a suggestion for your next teaching. Anime. Anime has become hugely popular in the United States and many parts of the world. I used to be a huge fan, but I don't watch it anymore. There are more than a few anime elements that bother me, which I will list. Uh, now, anime is like that. It's like those cartoons, and they have that kind of like that Japanese-Chinese type of theme to them. And they have all these little monsters and devils and demons that they battle and do stuff with. And it's much of it's very sexually suggestive. I can't understand personally how people can get into that. Uh, I don't really... The clips I've ever watched of it seem very strange. Now, I'm not coming down on anybody that's ever watched that, okay, just for me personally, I, I don't quite understand the attraction, but that doesn't mean I'm judging you, okay, I just personally, it's not, wouldn't have ever been my cup of tea, I don't even think even if I was unsaved, and and into that stuff, but it does have a huge base, and he's going, he's going to list some things here, which, you know, obviously are bad about this particular thing, number one, there's no parental figures, it's a very common theme, most anime focuses, and if I'm butchering that name, I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, it wouldn't be the first time. Most anime focuses, and it's spelled A N I M E, focuses on kids or youth or teens. Uh, and they never have parents. And that is a very common theme. It's almost like this thing that has been put out to the youth to say, you don't need your parental figures. You don't need any of that stuff. All you need is this fantasy world, and you know you can be as your own god, essentially. The next thing, they're very over-sexual. I once saw an anime that showed a naked 14-year-old girl. Nudity is also very common in anime. Pedophilia. In the mainstream anime that that I've watched, there's usually pedophilic overtones. But I've heard there's a uh, genre specific for pedophiles. (sighs) Homosexuality. I don't know if it's promoted in anime, but most of the die-hard anime fans like to make homosexual couples from their favorite shows. Just a quick Google search will show countless fan-made drawings of androgynous pretty boys kissing and embracing each other. I mean, how sickening. Uh, Next thing. Supernatural. Many anime focuses on ghosts, spirit worlds, monsters, demons, and other gods, small g. But I have yet to see one that resembles the god of the Bible. Next point. Martial arts. Most anime focuses on fighting using martial arts. Many times they have used magic and even the chakra or ki. Which And again, I've done a whole study in martial arts that you can key in on contendingfortruth.com. Just key in martial arts and um, we'll give you that study. Uh, furthermore, some enemy shows very graphic violence in blood. Another thing, blood drinking. This is not so much drinking as licking. Enemy, there is also usually a bad psychopathic guy that when he bleeds he licks his own blood. Okay. Now, again, we just talked about werewolves and vampires. What are they all about? Well, particularly vampires drinking their blood, drinking people's blood. Okay? Now, let's just talk about this for a second, because I did a whole study on this, and it was entitled, The Wisdom of the, of the Levitical Dietary Guidelines. Now, I'm not saying, I'm saying that we're under Levitical law, but there is wisdom in the Levitical Dietary Guidelines. Okay? So... You can key that in on continuefortruth.com. And, if you, and again, if you can't find that right now, because we're, uh, that one site's having some trouble with the links and we're linked up to that site, then go up to YouTube and key in, um, key in Scott Johnson and Levitical, or Dietary. You'll find it. Okay? You can do that for any subject I've mentioned as well. It should be up on YouTube. Okay, so let's talk about blood here. Uh, after vegetation was utterly destroyed by the flood and Noah came out of the ark, God gave permission to mankind to eat flesh foods. Now remember, before that they weren't eating flesh foods, but after the ark um, you know, came on shore, he did. It says in Genesis 9, 1-3, it says, uh, God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. Implying animals, even as the green herb have I given you all things. There was, however, a restriction placed upon the human race. Um, but the flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, ye shall not eat. See, we were never, ever, ever allowed to eat blood ever in any time or dispensation, um, time in history, from a biblical standpoint. Um, that's Genesis 9, four. This restriction was reaffirmed after the children of Israel left Egypt. Through the prophet Moses, God said, quote, this is Leviticus 3.17, It shall be a perpetual statute for your generations throughout all your dwellings that ye eat neither fat nor blood. Okay? Particularly... It's the blood that's very, very important, and we can go even further now. Let's see, what is this? Anything about this in the New Testament? It sure does. It would behoove those that believe that under the gospel dispensation, mankind is free to ignore Old Testament prohibitions of eating blood with the meat tissue to seriously consider the special consensus that the Council of Jerusalem around AD 50 took regarding this specific topic. The Apostle James chairman of this ecclesiastical council, in his closing remarks, summarized the unanimous resolution arrived at by the church at large through the Holy Spirit. Here are his words. Acts 15, 28-29 says, For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay no greater burden than these necessary things. Now he's speaking here in specifically to um, Gentile Christians. Okay, And again, I could do a whole study on that, but specifically, this is also obviously to the Jews, but it's also to Gentile Christians. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that ye abstain from meats offered to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication. From which, if you keep yourselves, ye you shall do well, fare ye the well. Okay, and that end of quote. So, why would they say from things strangled? Well, if you strangle something, like let's say you killed an animal through strangulation, the blood's going to stay in the meat. So, in, in other words, it's kind of a, a reiteration of where it says from blood and from things strangled. If you strangle something and then you just leave the carcass there, the blood's in the meat. Um, Levitically, when they would slaughter an animal, they would make sure all the blood had drained out of the animal. Okay, before they um, had the meat. Now, what I do is if I have meat, um, I will actually put, um, I try to use like, well, like an apple cider vinegar and salt on the meat prior to, um, you know, the cooking process. And during the cooking process, As it, what it tends to do is purge the meat, not only of blood, but of also of toxins. Okay, so that's something that you might want to think about doing. As well, and I also tend to only eat the meat if it's well done. Okay, um, that's what I do. I'm trying to err on the side of safety. And then, next thing about enemy characters, let's switch gears. They a lot of enemy characters. The males have very, very long hair. Okay. Well, the Bible says in First Corinthians eleven fourteen, "Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him?" Okay, that's what the Bible says. All these pictures of Jesus that we see that I believe are nothing more than the false uh, image in the Catholic Church, because that's where we got those images is from the Catholic Church, Michelangelo and these types of things. All those long hair, really good looking versions of Jesus, that is not representative of what Jesus really looked like in this world. He didn't have long hair, and um, the Bible says, uh, makes effect to things like, you know, that... um, he wasn't of a handsome, really, appearance. There was nothing in him that we would desire him, is the way the Bible actually puts it. Okay, so, But, when the Antichrist comes back, and their ascended masters come back, there's going to be one of those ascended masters who's going to call himself Master Jesus, or Sananda, Esau, Sananda, Emmanuel. And he's going to look exactly like all those false Jesus pictures that have been hanging up in the churches for hundreds and hundreds of years, and everybody, and so many people are going to buy his presence in his, whatever he says, hook, line, and sinker, just from the way he looks. Even though what's going to be coming out of his mouth is going to be totally contradictory to the word of God, why would he contradict himself if... He is the Word, and the, and um, He's the incarnate Word. Why would He contradict Himself? God is not the author of confusion. So let me tell you something right now. That's going to be one of the main deceptions that are on the horizon, that are going to cause probably millions of lukewarm Christians to fall away. That by itself is all they're going to need to see, because they're so governed by carnality and flesh, particularly... Catholics who go and seek a miracle or a sign or whatever and the Bible says, and Jesus said it, that a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, but no sign shall be given it but under the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Okay, so we're not supposed to go around seeking signs and all these wonders. Well, that's what the Catholics are absolutely famous for doing. Charismatics and the Pentecostals unfortunately are also always trying to seek after a sign or another word from God and these types of things and they get deceived. So, um, something you got to be very, very careful about. And I wanted to just to throw that in because it did come up. Uh, so, and then he says, I've noticed the people get obsessed over anime. They just go as far as learning Japanese and many of them even dream of living in Japan. I just, I just thought there could be something to it. So, yeah, thank you, Carlos, for that email. Excellent. This is one from Nika. And uh, I've been compiling these for quite a while. Not to say they're a comprehensive list of all the emails I've gotten regarding video games, but I have had a lot of requests for this. She says, good morning, I was listening to the current events study you just did. I heard you mention information regarding video games. Being a former gamer, I definitely know the effects of spending countless hours battling in a virtual world. Only to be drained, Now, this is the woman here. Um, She says, only to be drained and depleted, morally and physically. I frequented the game halo and i got to tell you when i would be killed rage would rise within me and i would feel worthless now remember we were just talking about the like the fruits of the spirit and the things that we should pursue after we shouldn't we, sh- we shouldn't pursue malice and rage and anger well she's saying it right here you know and and um it, it's amazing you know Uh, She'd feel worthless. Nothing should have that much control over us, especially spiritually. Then I got better at the game, to the point where I overcame the worthless feeling, only to be brought back into bondage once the challenge level increased. Uh, 2 Peter 2.19b, For of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. Okay? So this is the deal. These games are overcoming you, and if something overcomes you, it's bringing you into bondage. You have spiritual, it's like a spiritual ball and chain on you that you don't see. Let's go further. This is the effect of playing in-house through systems versus online. I guess because you're playing against other people or something like that. I know this is wreaking havoc on millions of men in particular and also making women like myself compete with the quote game and becoming victims as well. Currently I have a family who play the games full time and work part time literally. That's how addictive... This, you know, And I, I would imagine that some people are more prone to this. You know what I mean? Everybody's got their weak links in their chain. Physically, spiritually, mentally. And some people, I truly believe, are more open to having this happen. And I think with her, there must be some type of, of generational thing in her family that may be opening them up to this. And I'm not judging them. I'm just saying this is what, you know, we all got our weak links that we battle. And then it go, she goes on to say there's no drive to their lives. Not to mean they still live with their parents and have no drive to to leave the nest I'm not sure exactly what she not not to be mean oh but they still live with their parents and they have no drive to leave the nest so in other words they're just content you know their parents supporting them they can go they can play their games their lives are absolutely worthless most likely i mean you know I don't see how you could really be contributing anything to humanity from a biblical standpoint doing this. And then she says, could you, if possible, do a teaching on this issue? I think I've destroyed my witness on this matter. Oh, God, and then it's Donika. God bless you, Donica, And, um, um, you know, this I got this quite a while. I was, was back in December 9th of 2009. But we can still pray um, for these people and my listeners in particular. And... Um, she quotes the Bible verse, Matthew nineteen twenty six with God, all things are possible. Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah, call upon me and, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. It also says, uh, I believe this is Isaiah 32, um, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? No, there's not. Amen. But you have to have the faith to believe that there's nothing too hard for God. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Okay, next person here, Stephen wrote me, and he said, um, just for when you do your video game study at some point, on a game called Saints Row 2. On the Septic Avenger mission, this is a part of the game, you have to drive a sewage vehicle and spray a church with human excrement if you want points to pass the mission. This is the kind of blasphemous garbage that are... And I'm not, I know that I'm not doing this justice. I know that I've I brought up points in other things, and the problem is, is I didn't... I was a little bit lax in the video games because I didn't compile all this together. And I would have liked to have put this all into one study. I know there's a lot more blasphemous stuff that's went on. Um, This is not an exhaustive study. But hopefully it'll be enough to give somebody where they can see that, you know, come on, there's there's major problems here. So let's go further here. Um, This is from Aaron. Aaron says, I'm very glad to hear that you're going to try to address this problem. Uh, As I mentioned before i played this game for four years. I can actually see the damage it's caused to my life. Before I started playing the game, I was in church every Sunday, reading my Bible, actually even started writing Christian music for youth. Since this game, I've only done those things sporadically at best. However, I canceled my subscription to this game and removed it from my computer today as I went through the things that were just blatantly against God. I couldn't take it anymore. God bless you, Aaron. And then he said, I've listened to your latest study on Bohemian Grove, and you mentioned the succubus, satyrs. Um, and warlocks. I want to give you some ammo for your study. I'm sure you have a lot of sources to gather your data, but I would be glad to answer some of your questions that are about the game or whatever else you need. I've attached some screenshots from within the game that are disturbing, especially when you think that very young kids play this game. Not that it's any better for adults to play it, but I think it's horrible that kids are being exposed to this and can't wait for you to expose this game. These are screenshots associated with the warlock class in the game this is just the tip of the iceberg, though, and I couldn't put all the screenshots. They were really big and gigantic, and some of them really weren't kind of appropriate to put in the study. But suffice it to say, they were pretty horrific. I mean, really, really sore, uh really, really bad demonic-looking creatures, uh, women, succubus-type of spirits, like women that were like half vampiric with wings and really dressed inappropriately. This is the type of stuff that they're being exposed to in these things. And so thank you, Aaron, for that. And this next one's from Carl. He says, Hi, Brother Scott. You mentioned World of Warcraft. I'm an ex-World of Warcrafter. (laughs) So I'll tell you a little about it. First of all, let me say what it's not. World of Warcraft doesn't actually teach a person witchcraft per se though it does use some references here and there in the use of names. It's not like Dungeons and Dragons with a manual with real witchcraft. Now again, but but let me interject something. Again, when you buy the game or, or whether, I believe whether you buy it and bring it in your house or whether you're playing it online, you are opening yourself up to demonic infestation. You may not be learning how, like in Harry Potter, how to do a specific spell, okay, but You are still taking on demons and devils into your flesh. I believe that because I can look at the fruit and know that there has to be a big, gigantic, demonic component to these games. Then he says, okay, that aside, I started playing that game a few years ago. I enjoyed it a whole lot because it's an online game where you get... To play with other people in the game world. The problem with the game is that it takes up all your time. The only way not to play that game too much is if you have no choice but to be away from the game at work or something. It seems like having a wife and kids is not enough to stop a person from playing the game 24 7. And again, we've seen this theme over and over. Over the time, the Lord started to convict me of the game, convict me of the game to the point where I said, one day, I said, enough. I sold all my game stuff, gave it away, quit the game, which was a lot considered in my status in the game. Again, if I was you, for my personal opinion, I wouldn't give any of the stuff away. I would destroy it. I believe it's going to be much more pleasing to the Lord. It would be kind of like selling or giving away your idols. Here, you can have my idols. Okay, I'm not coming down on Carl. I'm just saying, as a rule of thumb, I would always destroy things like this, um, as opposed to give them away. Um, And then he goes on to say, considering my status in the game, but I've brought so much relief being able to think about Jesus without being pushed away after 10 seconds due to thoughts about the game filling my mind. At one point, I could close my eyes and just see the game running as if I I was looking at the screen. My flesh had gotten the best of me a few times in the past, and I've gone back to the game, but my conviction caused me to quit the game within about two weeks. This has happened maybe three times in total. The reason why this happened was a little deeper for me. When I got the game, times were good. But soon after, things got much worse with family decisions. I told you about what I remember. And because of that, I used to associate the good times with the game. And I was drawn back into it. But even the Bible tells us not to dwell on the good old times in the Old Testament. But I'm a little wiser now, so that's not a problem anymore. So in other words, when he got the game, things were good. So that when he stopped playing the game, he would hearken back to the time when he first started playing the game when the things were good. And then, you know, probably God started taking away his peace, things started going bad, God was chasing him, and then he got, he got rid of the game. But then that, those old memories of when he first got into it would creep back up. I think that's what he's saying here. Uh, then he goes on to say there are characters in the game like shamans, warlocks, magi- magis, warriors, rogues, hunters, priests, paladins, etc. They all have magic abilities that can be activated through the click of a button. Once again, no incantations or knowledge of witchcraft is given like in D&D Dungeons & Dragons. It's just graphics, but I'm pretty sure the kids will play this and will look into the occult further. See, this is a doorway into the occult. Just like Harry Potter is an overt doorway, just like a lot of things in the world are a doorway into the occult and in the much darker or more hardcore stuff, I should say. And then he goes on to say, and the fact that warlocks and such are promoted is bad in itself. It does promote the use of magical powers. For example, a character can have a magic attack that burns the enemy, freezes them, etc., and it is awfully addictive. By the power of Jesus, I was able to break free. Like I did, though, I I did go back several times shortly after it, but it was short-lived. Families have been ruined by this game, and the people on the game can be vile. The filth some people speak is terrible. But you do have a profanity filter and a function to block individuals. So I guess you're dealing with other people and their demons as well. (laughs) Which is a whole other thing. Uh, The game is not good. Maybe because I enjoy the game I can't see it for what it truly is in some aspects. So it will require a person from the outside to give their opinion. Which hopefully that's what I've done today. But I can't play it anymore even if I wanted to because I know the Lord won't allow me. And if I did I would lose my peace until I left it. For that reason, I know it grieves the Holy Spirit, so I don't want a no part of it anymore. Well, God bless you. Awesome. I hope this helps a bit, a bit as some people online, though they meanwhile will we'll probably end up saying stuff about the game that is not true, as they probably have not tried it for themselves, which will cause you to look bad if you quote them, and I'm sure you're not going to play it, and I advise you don't. It's a waste of time. Hope this helps somewhat. Okay, so God bless you, Carl. Um, and anyway, that is our studies for today, a two-parter. And um, hopefully we will be continuing this weekend with our uh, current event Bible study. And I know that I want to do a study on smoking. Uh, not only marijuana, but actually tobacco. I want to do one on that. It's extremely demonic uh, stuff that will. this information will uh, blow your socks off. Um, not literally, but from a figurative standpoint. And then also, I wanted to do one on... Um, Tattoos and body mutilation, body piercing, that one is just unbelievable as well. It's just that, again, there's really not enough hours in the day to try to cover all the current events and do these individual studies. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to get to everything, but it's, it's kind of tough. So uh, i appreciate if you continue to pray for us. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us, Lord, for all your goodness and your mercy, Lord God, that you bestowed upon us, Lord God, for the air that we breathe, the water that we drink, the food that we eat, the roofs over our heads, Lord, um, the shelter that you've given us, Lord, the fact that we're allowed to continue and, and live in this day and times, Lord God, in the end times. And, Lord, there's more people on the earth right now than there's probably ever been in humanity, that this, that since humanity ever existed. And that also means there's more souls that can be saved. It also means that more souls are at risk of going to hell than any other time. And I just pray, God, that you use the remnant, the body of Christ, my listeners, Lord, this ministry, and any other ministries, Lord, um, that are putting out truth. I pray that you use the mightily, Lord God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, your angelic host, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, for your glory, that many souls would be saved, Lord God, um, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. That you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. That you would forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us. That we remember to put the full arm of God on every day, Lord. And um, you just help us, Lord, for we can do nothing apart from you, Lord. And we are nothing apart from you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.